Episode 51, Dane Delosier, Enable Solutions. Welcome to Gut Plus Science. Analytics about people. Insights for executives. Truth you can act on. A high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. It's a great day in Gut Plus Science land today. Actually, every day is. Who am I kidding? Today, we're talking to the master of process and processes that directly align to building talent in the workplace. I know that this guy and his team work alongside a multi-year award winner for best places to work with Amplify Data, so I can attest for their rock-solid solution. We're in for a treat with Dane Delosier, a great problem solver to learn from. Leaders are the catalyst for change, and we need change in the workplace today. But why is poor leadership a norm challenge? Oh, it's a very interesting question. I think there's really two things that are going on there, um, and we see it as practitioners pretty repeatedly. But it's this sort of a allure of technology, which is sort of this bias to lean on technology to solve all of our problems. There's a there's a funny thing. I don't know what happened or why it happened so specifically, but it's almost like um, we've been just too quick to delegate to, you know, either the algorithm or the automation process or this app that's going to solve all my problems in my business. Um, the other one is uh, what I would call a generational omission. And um, I don't know the reason why specifically, but we see it repeatedly as well. And that is, you know, if these big shifts in markets have moved a lot of folks into new roles, new types of jobs, career changes, and it didn't allow for this generational handoff that happened. So there's a lot of leadership mentoring that goes on naturally or historically went on naturally in um, our American businesses, particularly. And when we had all this big upheaval over the last 20 or so years, which sounds like a long period of time in history, it's not, you end up with this sort of broken link. And um, we find a lot of our clients are really struggling, particularly smaller and mid-sized businesses really struggle with, you know, how do I operate my business? How do, what are the leadership skills that ultimately get the outcomes I'm looking for? And how do I get people to be accountable or pull it down into the organization and get the outcomes that I'm targeting? Yeah. So we talked about a lot there. You talked about a lot there. I guess here's my question to you. It could be pretty overwhelming with, you know, the lots of generations and such a fast change and all these statistics around, you know, by 2020, which is next year, half the workforce is going to be millennial or younger. So where do you start? Like, you know, all companies are different. They have different blueprints, different needs. Like what's the first step to get started down a path of direction and building a strategy from your perspective for these leaders? So what we do is we actually do an upfront assessment of a potential client that uh, is designed really to understand where they are specifically today. So, you know, is there a state of readiness? Are they at an inflection where they're willing to make the change and commit to, you know, the behavioral things that are necessary to get those organizations to get those outcomes that they're targeting? That assessment is so important. We find that if a client is, you know, in a business and it's doing well, that doing well because of market forces can override 
a lot of iniquities that happen inside their organizations. Those things at, the, at that moment in time may not be terminal or may not be a risk, but if unaddressed, they will become one and may actually really surprise that leadership. If the business is already at a point where they're trying to turn something around or they're trying to invent or generate a new product offering or they've got a leadership transition plan or, um, you know, there's some big event, these are things that allow for um, or are an inflection and allow for substantial change within organizations. So we look for that. And so I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you probably look for a number of key traits and pre-qualifiers when you're doing that assessment with this company that you may dive in and pour your life into to help them. I know how you guys do it. So what do you look for to ensure that they have what it takes for you to work with them and know that they're really going to be a company that will commit to the process and make those changes? Yeah, I think you used the word, it's commitment. And we look for it more than just the individual first introducing us to that potential client. That assessment um, requires that we go deeper into the organization. We touch key departments within the organization and really kind of peel that onion back so that we understand what's happening and uh, whether we believe that we can, you know, help them. We come at it with a very specific process. By it being a process, it's repeatable, reliably, but if they're not ready for that, it's not magic, right? There needs to be commitment. And, you know, let's go down this path of process for a second, because I think, you know, anyone that's listening to Gut Plus Science, they're trying to solve talent challenges. And there's many of them. And there's all kinds of ideas. There's all kinds of technologies, kind of like you talked about when we were first opening up many solutions, many technologies. And then we get frustrated when these things sometimes don't work. We're like, but we bought this technology. It's supposed to solve this. <laughs> so when it comes to your world, you're a big process person. Can you just kind of speak to the leaders out there on why sometimes these tools and things don't work when you don't have foundational processes um, like what you preach to be able to see the stickiness and see those results? I think at the heart of it is, you know, it's something that kind of originated back in the lean enterprise days, and I may be dating myself a little bit, but, you know, that was the budding of a lot of great approaches to really running an effective business. And when, when we render something to a process, it's, it's repeatable for sure, right? We've documented, we've agreed, and it's repeatable. But then when we go through this process of continuous improvement, it always is getting better. When we don't have a process, we do a lot of splashing, right? So imagine you, you come into your office um, on a Monday morning and all of a sudden um, there's a big failure out on a production line or suddenly your software team's completely hung up on a, a particular um, feature challenge. Individuals want to act upon that and they will do so in a vacuum and independently without sort of the collaboration of a necessarily the broader organization. However, if we institutionalize that response, I'm not talking about a lot of layering of constrictive structure, but if we institutionalize with some simple steps that they need to take, we suddenly aren't inventing the, the problem-solving process on the fly. So we ask very standard questions. What just knocked us off track? What was the root cause? Is there something we can do about it today to get it back on track? And while that problem is small, 
And then there's, you know, there's a set of steps that we give them so that they can start to get traction and it reduces a lot of this stress and um, extreme response to those perturbations in our businesses. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. You know, we talked before the show on a common issue. Leaders struggle to make tough decisions. Share your experiences on and thoughts around this. Absolutely. You know, it's at the heart of really two big challenges we see in making the tough decisions and lack of alignment. But in making tough decisions, quite frequently, it's fear. It's fear that, you know, it, that the change isn't, you know, the decision I'm about to make isn't going to have the result I wanted. Um, or I may not be right, and it may be a costly outcome. It can be rooted in, I really don't even know what I want. And you can imagine what that does to the rest of the organization. Um, but once again, I'm going to come back to, it's a lot about a process. So if you've got a process to uncover strategy, if you've got a process of how you want your daily operation to you know, clear the day and win the day, you're going to get those results. And it's when you don't have those things that cause that fear, uncertainty, and doubt that you're not going to get those daily outcomes. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to come back to the alignment thing because I think that's big, but let's go deeper on the tough decisions challenge first. Can you give some examples of how lack of decision-making creates problems in the workplace? Maybe some examples of things you've seen. There's really kind of two areas that that get impacted um, or what we see pretty regularly, and that is you know, it has a heavy impact on the people themselves. And then that really translates into those outcomes. So when, you know, it, it, it's, um, we're a lot about culture, right? Amplifies a lot about culture. We at Enable Solutions are all about culture, but it's unlocking that potential in individuals. And when we are um, not making those tough decisions or even making decisions. Sometimes organizations just are diff have difficulty in making decisions, period. When that happens, people get stuck. And when they get stuck, they're, they're either going to take action on their own to try to get unstuck, which may or may not be aligned with what we want, or they're just going to stop being productive. Neither are good, right? We don't want them making decisions in a vacuum, and we don't want them to be stuck getting frustrated and then therefore you know if it gets goes far enough there's risk we're going to lose them and that would be terrible if it's a particular talent then that leads to outcomes so now you know we simply aren't getting what we're looking for i talk about unlocking human potential frequently with clients and in our practice myself because it's 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 a huge problem and it's it's very easy to go in or to and have a conversation with a potential client and ask questions are you getting your outcomes that you're looking for are you achieving the revenue expectation you have for the year and it's frequent that those answers aren't favorable and as you peel that back you really uncover a lot of sources of waste of that human potential or you know what i say is locking in that um, value in your business. You know, I want to make sure that we align real quick on a definition because I love the term unlocking human potential. Potential. I love maximizing human potential. Can you share for our audience what you mean by you go into an organization, help leadership, unlock human potential? What is that to you? Define that for us. Many people talk about a shortage of labor out there and this huge issue of shortage of labor and or talent. And um, I think our position is that it's maybe not as bad as we all perceive, but rather it's understanding how to 
get the most out of the individuals that we have in our organizations. And maybe that's what I'm talking about in this definition of value in an individual. You know, we've got this potential. We've all got skill sets that are relevant in our environments at any given time. And it's the daily things that happen that frequently adversely affect the efficiency of that individual, right? And it, and it's 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 not all a mathematical equation of, you know, I've got a certain capacity and I've got to get 80% of my capacity delivered to a to a business, but it's rather getting those creative problem solving skills working for you. It's getting folks comfortable that they know what they're supposed to be doing and that they can act upon that. It's also building the structure in the business so that they can be comfortable solving the problems themselves and dealing with the issues rather than just escalating everything every day to the person above them or to the CEO of the business. So the more we can get them comfortable in knowing where they're going, being willing to be accountable, which we think humans inherently are, they will pull the the capacity right out of the senior leadership team and they'll take it. You know, we often um, talk uh, about our process has this tendency to open capacity within organizations and it's just really taking advantage of the individuals that are there. Yeah, that's so good. And I, I think there's so much to that. And I was actually just at a training session yesterday where I heard that the average employee in the U.S. is giving about 50% of what they could. And I think a lot of that is due to you, you, they're not we're not unlocking their potential. Like if they're not engaged at work, for example, um, they don't understand the meaning of the business. Like that is harming their ability to be, you know, maximizing their human potential. And there's just so much to that, and that's why companies need firms like yours because it is a very deep thing with a lot to it. I want to come back. Sorry, I'm all over the place because you have so many interesting things here. But I want to come back to the making tough decisions thing before we go into the lack of alignment. I'm going to ask you, Dane, to mentor our audience for a second. Um, how can we become better at making tough decisions? couple tips. I'm a big proponent of deciding democratically and executing autocratically. I really think, um, in fact, we scientifically know it, right? Many organizations have studied it. I think, you know, Wharton's done some really interesting studies. Um, I know Harvard has published quite a few studies as well, but that we all have blind spots. And when faced with a challenge or a problem or a design, you know, something that's that's impeding us from where we want to go, that individuals, yes, there, there are astute individuals that are exceptionally well um, capable of solving problems and or making decisions. But when they become complex problems, that makes the decision more difficult. And what causes people to stop is they aren't clear on, you know, what is that right answer? And so this science I'm talking about and these studies that I mentioned are about, we know that diverse teams solve problems faster and more effectively or get to the right answer more quickly than teams of like-minded individuals or individuals themselves. And so I think if I was mentoring the audience, that's a big one. I would, I would tell you that uh, it's important to embrace it. I would tell you that it's not natural. People aren't always comfortable working through collaborating on a problem, working through it to the end, you know, in healthy conflict and achieving commitment. Um, here's where we're, we're probably Patrick Lencioni's uh, devotees here. But, you know, healthy conflict and commitment are absolutely critical 
And once we've decided and we've addressed and or made the decision around that complex problem, we execute autocratically and we can move forward. If we've got consensus, it's not hard to move forward. And many entrepreneurs really struggle with that, I would tell you. You know, they've, they've been rewarded mentally because they've been successful. Hey, I know I'm right. You know, that was right. That tells me I'm frequently right. And that bias or that omission of those blind spots really creates risks for organizations. Good stuff. You shared another common leadership challenge being lack of alignment with peers. What do you mean by that? When you get to the execution, you must have alignment. And lack of alignment comes out in all kinds of terrible ways. Um, so the CEO, it isn't just the CEO, it's the senior leadership team. It's the groups that have to execute on that mission, right? So if we've got a good process, we unlock, we define our strategy and what we want to accomplish, we now have to make sure everybody is clear down in the organization. Otherwise, you get many disparate independent efforts in an organization. Um, sometimes you will get outward conflicts and even unhealthy competition. And so let's look at the other side. What are the components of healthy, well-aligned peer relationships? I'll go back to Lencioni on this one. It really starts with trust. You know, that leads to productive conflict where we can have healthy debate, the group trusting one another and being able to commit. And again, gaining trust is done through individuals, you know, clarifying individual expectations and being transparent. So if we define what we want from all groups within the organizations in the context of that strategy and we're transparent and to us, we would, we would, um, actually use a tool called visual management for that transparency. We can ultimately get those outcomes that we're targeting and we can get the execution happening very effectively. Great. So Dane, you know, we're partners, uh, Amplify loves working with you all at Enable and your Enable system. I'd love to love for you to speak for a minute on employee engagement. And when it comes to driving employee engagement organizationally across the entire organization, what are your suggested steps and, and where does Amplify fit into that? We think it starts with intentional leadership. And so frequently, the owner or the CEO of the business itself is unclear about that leadership or that message or that mission. So it's got to start there. The, you know, the CEO needs to own it. They need to have a strong strategy. Senior leadership needs to be aligned. And then together, you know, they're targeting that outcome. And then once you kind of get them clear on where they're going, the teams that have to execute on that must be clear about the specific role they have in, or objective in achieving that mission. And then kind of next, as I mentioned just a little bit ago there, we're big on visual management and personal interaction. And part of visual management is really getting at leading indicators. Many organizations track KPIs. That's sort of a historic look back on how we've been doing, but it doesn't really give us a look into the future and give us warning of problems to come. So when, when we look at KPIs within an organization, what we'll do is we'll try to walk that back to a leading indicator. And then that, that stands as a, as a metric, I'll call it, that says, all right, if that gets triggered, I know there's a problem and I can deal with that problem while it's small. And while it's small, I can, you know, kind of hopefully achieve the day, which allows me to achieve the week. If I achieve the week, 
I can achieve the month and then the quarter and the year and so forth. I don't find myself having to apologize to a board of directors or shareholders or whoever might be consuming my services. So we like early indications so we can deal with problems while they're small. And then make it clear to your teams that they're allowed to solve problems. If we've contextualized what we want from them, we've told them what are the important metrics and leading indicators that they're off track, we don't have to, as leaders, do a whole lot more other than make decisions whenever they raise a problem or help them get unstuck on problems that are bigger than they can solve. It lets leaders focus on the real issues within their business as opposed to getting sucked into all the issues of the business. Yep. Dane, thank you so much for sharing such great insights and specific steps that we can take to build great leadership teams in our organizations. We're everyone's struggling with it. So this is so valuable. Listeners, if you're big on systems, Dane and his team are they're, they're your go-to. The Enable system they have built works alongside some of our clients, and we've just seen incredible opportunities come from that. So all right, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsor message today and come back and learn a little bit more about the personal side of Dane on what we call our lightning round. We'll be right back. Purplelink's customized HR services will help you make your workspace joy-powered. Whether you're looking for help with recruiting, compliance, or leadership training, they listen to what you need and tailor their solutions to you. Check out purplelinkllc.com. That's purpleinkllc.com to find out how they can help your business. And look for the Joy-Powered Workspace podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. Welcome back to Gut Plus Science. Dane, we've got you on the show today and excited to be here with you and just such a great message you shared. Now we want to learn a little bit more about you on our lightning round, we call it. Um, so a couple questions. What Number one, what's your favorite book or one that you'd recommend to our listeners today? I'm a, a reader, so I'm kind of boogieing through books all the time, not to be funny about it. Um, but I just finished a book uh, recently called Investing Between the Lines by Laura Rittenhouse. L- Laura's a... a um, a Warren Buffett investor devotee. She's in the latter part of her career. She's a very experienced individual, though, as a financial analyst. And what's so interesting about this book is um, she has rendered a grading system that allows people who are investors to evaluate the performance of senior leadership or the CEO of a public company. It's actually a scoring system that lets you know if they're a wonderful management team that has a high potential for delivering wonderful results. And what aligns so well or what's so cool about this book is she talks about capital stewardship. Well, CEOs have stewardship of their companies, but they also have capital stewardship of their shareholders. If, if, it, if they're the owner, it's their own capital. If it's somebody else's capital, it's still the same thing. You've got to make sure you're a generating a return on invested capital. But she focuses in on strategy, how the CEO or senior leadership team manages relationships, communicates vision, demonstrates leadership or models leadership behavior itself, candor. Gosh, that's a juicy one. And accountability. And um, if you want to read a good book about um, how to evaluate a CEO as a CEO, It's a great reflection of what you ought to be doing and thinking about and managing your own capital if you're the owner of the business or managing the other's capital if you're providing that service as a CEO. Sounds like a slam dunk book for this audience. So wonderful. (laughs) Thanks for that. Dane, what about a favorite vacation spot? 
Well, um, I don't know if there's exactly just one, but um, I love living in the Midwest. We were just talking about that little bit prior to this uh, recording. But um, I love living in the Midwest. It's a very easy place to live. Indianapolis is fantastic. What's happening here is is wonderful in terms of economics and and uh, development around our economy here locally. But I love the mountains. And so um, vacation to me is getting out either on a backpacking trip or a fly fishing um, venture, um, usually out west because I like the big mountains. Uh, so I'll seek out the Rockies or the Sierras and, and uh, go do that. I have a feeling that this is going to lead right into your favorite hobby, right? <laughs> That's right. There's nothing more wonderful to me than being on a quiet stream and uh, focusing on one solitary thing. And that's uh, what those fish are doing, usually a trout. Yeah, very different than the average day at work. So, Dane, great show. How can our listeners connect with you after the show today? Oh, sure. Um, we're easily accessible on LinkedIn. Um, I have two partners in this as well, Emily Bope and Kyle Farley. Um, but we're on LinkedIn and we also have a website, um, which is uh, enablesolutions.us. And Enable Solutions is all together. Dane, you are definitely the problem solver, change agent, and process guy I spoke of in the beginning and more. Thank you so much for all of your wonderful insights. Guys, here's my truth you can act on. There's a there's a lot here that I'm going to summarize. So number one, we must have commitment. I think all of us are like, yes, absolutely. But Dane talked about upfront assessments to ensure all of the components are present to be effective and the importance of having everyone on the leadership team on board. It's so important before even getting started in building and executing a process. Number two is we need processes. This helps us scale, repeat, and hold each other accountable. What processes are in place for your attracting, retaining, and developing of your people? Take a look at those and then how can they get better? Number three, learn how to have tough conversations and in a timely fashion. Dane says decide democratically and execute autocratically. Number four, focus on unlocking human potential. So the core of unlocking human potential is to understand what makes people tick, tap into their strengths and pour into that as their employer. And number five, people alignment is a must. It is so important to make sure that we understand the person, the team they're on, who they're working with as their leader and make sure that the alignment is there. So these shows just keep getting better and better. Who do you know I need to talk to? Drop me a line and let us know. Give us your best suggestion of someone that should be on Gut Plus Science. My email is Nikki, N-I-K-K-I at Amplify, E-M-P-L-I-F-Y.com. We'll see you next week on Gut Plus Science. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.